Let me tell you who I am. I am a survivor, a teenage mother, a welfare recipient, and a woman. I am a teacher, life coach, minister, lawyer, and author. I've had my share of breakups, breakdowns, and breakthroughs. I did my work and put my life back together piece by piece. I am Ianla Van Zandt, and I am here to help you do your work. I'm here in Shreveport, Louisiana, the Deep South. I'm here to support a couple that's in deep trouble. The wife wrote me saying that she and her husband are separated, considering divorce, but they're keeping it a secret. The reason? He's the pastor of a local church. Every Sunday morning, Pastor Patrick Dennis prepares for his sermon as his wife Natasha and their three children get ready for church. But for the last eight months, this couple has been keeping a secret. They have been living apart while pretending to their church that they are still together. I am very nervous. We're headed to the church for morning worship. Natasha doesn't know we're separated. The members think that we're one big happy family, which couldn't be further from the truth right now. I dropped the ball. I betrayed her trust. I mean, I've messed up in, in ways unimaginable. Pastor Dennis admits to cheating on his wife many times. He says there's been about 20 women that he's had affairs with during his 10-year marriage to Natasha. Pastor Dennis says several of those women are members of his congregation. One of his affairs resulted in a child. After learning about her husband's repeated infidelity, Natasha decided to move out and she says she's also had an affair. Now Natasha's torn between trying to fix her marriage or moving on. So I'm on my way to see Natasha. She's the wife that wrote me about her troubled marriage. Now, Natasha is not only a wife, she's the wife of a minister, which makes her the first lady of a church. Now, in the Deep South, in a Baptist church, that is a huge responsibility. But what I want to know is if Natasha's ready to step out of the image into the reality of her life. Hello, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> Give me a big old hug. Mm. How you doing? Okay. Good. Well, get you a tissue. Okay, oh, my I'm Lord. I just walk in the door, you start weeping. People going to wonder what I did to you. <laughs> wow. A lot going on. Yes, it is a lot going on. But I'm okay. <laughs> is that true? Are you okay? Most days. Okay. Do you get that it's okay if you're not okay? I've never heard that before. Yeah, because I think sometimes as black women, we make ourselves okay with stuff that just ain't okay. Okay. Yeah. What is going on in your life that you were motivated to write me? I have been separated from my husband, who is a senior pastor, for eight months. Um, we've been living separately, but in public, we act as though we're still married. And you've been living separately in this apartment? I've been in this apartment, and I have the children. We have three children. On the weekends, they're supposed to go with their dad. So you've been married, what, nine years, ten, ten years? years? Ten years. Ten years. It'll be 11 years in a few months. And why are you separated? Because of continuous infidelity. 
with um, many different women. Wow. But then comes Sunday morning. Then comes Sunday morning. Church time. Correct. We go to church like everything's okay. And we go. go to church as though we're still one big happy family. So tell me about that drive. Mm, I dread it. I feel like I'm going to lie. Are you going, going to lie? To lie, you know. You're not going to lie, but you're going to church to lie. Mm -hmm. Can I hear you say that? I'm going to church to lie. Is it my understanding that some of those women are still attending the church? Yes. I'm also aware that your husband fathered a child by one of the women he had an affair with. Yes. Okay. Do they speak to you? No. You're the first lady of the church. The women your husband slept with attend the church, and they walk right by you and don't speak to you. Right. Let me ask you a question. Why am I here? What is it that you think I can do for you? Help me get some clarity as far as how I got here. Mm -hmm. um, how in the world am I 35 years old and I'm married to someone who has done these things, and then I'm at the point where I don't know what to do. When I left... Is that true, that you don't know what to do? I'm not sure. Is that true, that you're not sure? I'm scared. Okay, now we're getting to the truth. Yeah. Tell me about your first night in this apartment by yourself. I felt safe. What do you mean by that? because I worked during the day. And so many of the women he would bring to the house while I was at work. Okay, wait a minute. Hold the phone, Jesus. Forgive me. Let me see if I got this. That your husband, the pastor of the church, would bring women into your family home. Yes. I I'm not real sure what it is you need me to tell you. <laughs> What would you call what you've been through these past few years? What would you call it? I've been through hell. <laughs> now say it with your heart, not your head. Ianla, yeah. I've been through hell. Yeah. What does God say? What does God say to you about the hell you're in? Do you ever ask him? That would be a no. You can't tell me that the God I know and serve would say, my daughter, stay in hell. You know, God teaches us to forgive. Um, you can forgive from another address. I want you to read that to me. Abuse. Yeah. Forms of emotional abuse include being disrespectful. Dis Had your husband been disrespectful to you? Yes. Discourteous, rude, condescending. Mm -hmm. What's next? Patronizing. Yeah, what else? Critical, judgmental, joking, insults. Mm -hmm. What else? Lying, repeatedly forgetting promises and agreements. And? Betrayal of trust. Ah, has that happened? Yes. In your home, possibly in your marital bed. What is all of this called? Abuse. Sometimes a slap in the face is easier to call a thing a thing. 
Because some abuse is not physical. Abuse does not have to be physical. There's emotional abuse. There's psychological abuse. And beloved First Lady, there is spiritual abuse. I think this is about image mm. and ego. Mm. <laughs> so I know because you're the First Lady, you got a First Lady hat, don't you? Of course I what, do. Go get it for me. Oh, Go my. get the First Lady hat. <laughs> OK. We'll do it. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> That's a first lady hat. Come on over here. Okay. I, I want you to I want you to put that on for me. So there's the first lady. Just straight. Get her get her appearance good. Now now you're talking to a church girl now. Yes. So there's some perks with being the first lady. There's I mean being in the spotlight would be a perk. Mm -hmm. Um being able to wear the 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 nice clothes and the nice hats and mm -hmm. So, so Special you, parking space, that's my favorite one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you look at her, when you tell me, who is she? She is confident mm -hmm. and secure, and um, she has everything together at oh, all times. Really? So when we look at the shoes, the clothes, the where's God in that? Now, when I take the hat off, who's that? Who would she be without this? Who would she be without this? Well, I really like her. <laughs> so she would be a cool little chick. I mean, you know, I really like her a lot. Really? <laughs> I so really do. So why have you sold her down the river for a hat and a parking space? Because I didn't, because it wasn't supposed to be like this. But it is like this, beloved, it is. Why have you sold her down the river for a hat and a parking space. I don't even know. That's what you got to find out. For the past eight months, Pastor Patrick Dennis and his wife Natasha have been keeping a secret from their congregation. While publicly pretending to still be together, they have really been living apart. Natasha is on the brink of filing for divorce because of her husband's repeated infidelity with some members of his congregation. Pastor Dennis is trying to hold on to his marriage and his church. I've got two hurting people, and one is trying to lead a flock from a broken place. I want to find out how he ended up here. Pastor Dennis. Hello. <laughs> now, should I say pastor? Or Reverend, what would what be if, your preferred? Whatever you feel comfortable with. No, whatever with. Patrick, you feel. Patrick is fine. Oh, Pastor Dennis. Pastor Dennis. Okay. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How you are sure? you? Sure. Yes. Nervous? Very. Extremely. Don't be nervous. Okay. Don't be nervous. <clears throat> this is a big step. I know. I want to acknowledge your courage. Because there's going to be times when I have to question your motives, challenge your responses, and step on your toes. But you know truth is like that, right? Yes. Look me in my eye yes, and tell me, what do you feel? I feel broken. Yes. I'm disappointed in those who depend on me. I feel like I've disappointed 
God. Look at me. Have you disappointed yourself? That to me is the most important piece. Let's go to church. It's time for Pastor Dennis to go to the place where his passions collided, his church. Do you know what your gift is in ministry? My gift is uh, pastoring, uh, leading people, shepherd, you know. Really? Yeah. You know, they say that wherever your gift is, that's where it's going to be your greatest challenge. Wow. I wonder if Pastor Dennis even realizes how much the bad behavior has cost him. It's time for him to get clear. So, how old were you when you started pastoring? I was 24. Wow. After his congregation learned of his numerous affairs, many left the church for good, and the pastor nearly lost his job. How many women have you had affairs with in this church? Let me hold your hand so you know I won't judge you, I won't leave you. More than five. More than five. Yes. How many more than five? Maybe about 10 since so. I've been married. You also fathered a child with one of the women that you had an affair with in your church. Is that true? Um, yes or no? Yes. Come with me. You go over there. Come with me. This is where you stand on Sunday morning. Yes. Yeah, in this place. Now tell me, when you look out there on a Sunday morning, and you see your wife sitting there. And over here is your mistress. Tell me what it is that you tell yourself that makes you believe that that's in integrity with God. Do you get that in order for you to do that every Sunday, that there's a part of you that is dead? Do you get that? Yeah. Can you acknowledge that there's just a part of you that is just dead? Yeah. Yes. That's discord, boo. What scripture? Tell me what's your scriptural authority for that. Okay, let's, let's look at this another way. Come on, let's look at this another way. Come with me. So, when you look up there and you see what? The altar of God. What does that mean to you? It's a sacred place. It's the place where um, the truth comes forward. Hmm. Hmm. So you walked up into that pulpit knowing that as you looked down on your wife, you had not been honest and authentic with her. Would that be accurate? Yes. Okay, take a step back. Face the altar. And let's say you did that with 10 different women in the church. Yes. Okay, so 10 in the church, take 10 steps back. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Hmm. And how many 
were there outside of the church? Maybe another 10. Another 10. OK, take five steps back. Let's just roll them all into the other. Now, when you went out to have these sexual encounters with these women, did you tell your wife where you were going? No. Take a step back. I'm just going to give you one step back, because you might end up in the cornfield in a minute. <laughs> hmm. The woman with whom you fathered a child, she was a married woman at the time of your encounter. Would that be accurate? Um, yeah. Take a step back. Do you have a loving, nurturing, supportive relationship with the child you fathered with that married woman? No. No. Take a step back. <laughs> Let's just stop right here. When you look at how far you are from the altar, just based on your behavior, this is how far you are from the arms of God. How you feel? Tell the truth. Empty. Long way from the altar. Do you know what the inner altar is? A heart. A heart. So let me ask you, what's on your altar that would allow this kind of behavior to go on? I want to talk about a boy that's in here. Between the ages of four and seven, um, don't remember specifically the ages, but uh, I was molested. What does that mean, I was molested? I was um, penetrated by a male member of my family. Was yours repetitive? Yes. And beyond the molestation, in the presence of that person, did you have to act like everything was OK? Yes. Just like you do in the church here on Sunday morning, acting like everything is OK? It's a pattern, beloved. Who did you tell? Nobody. Nobody. I just wanted it to go away. So is it possible that even now, as an adult, that the seven-year-old is saying, you just act like everything is OK, eventually it will go away? Can you see that? Look at me. Where did you think God was in that? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let it up. Let it up. Let it up. No, don't cover it up. Let it up. Take your shoes off. Come on. You, we ain't going to play church today. We, go, we ain't going to play church today. We're not going to. We're going to do church today. Right to the altar to the altar. And the word says, prostrate yourself before the Lord. Right here. Right here. Prostrate yourself before the Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cry out with your whole heart. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Pray for that boy whose innocence has been stolen, whose identity has been violated. That boy who's broken and guilty and alone and ashamed and is wondering, where is God when I need him? Where is he when I need him? What would you say if a seven-year-old boy showed up in your pew on a Sunday morning and said, somebody I know and trusted violated me sexually and I don't know where to go and who to turn to. What would you say, Pastor Dennis? Father, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heal the hurt yes, right now. Right now. Father, he's innocent. He did not do anything to deserve this. Hallelujah. Oh. He did not bring this on himself. Hallelujah. God, heal his heart. Heal his heart, Lord. Heal his heart, Lord. God, heal his confused mind. Heal his, heal his confused mind, God. Even when he thinks nobody cares. Yes, yes, yes. God, you care. Hallelujah. If I have anything of value and merit in my Holy Spirit account, God, give it to my brother Patrick right now, that he may be healed and whole. And God, I know that because I asked, it is already done. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Sit up for me. Patrick, look how much closer you are to the altar right now. I feel like I should have gotten some help a long time ago. It's day two in Shreveport, Louisiana, where I've got a hurting pastor and a broken marriage. Natasha has to make a gut-wrenching decision. Will she stay and try to save her marriage, or will she finally leave her husband? Good morning. How are you? Okay, I'm okay. <laughs> Is that true? That's true. I'm okay. What does okay mean? Because I always think okay means I'm holding on with, with my fingernails. Okay, I'm holding on with my fingernails. Okay, so see, <laughs> why I got to come I tell you church dream. people how to tell the truth. <laughs> I want Natasha to get the full picture of what's really at stake. Her next steps aren't just about her marriage, but also about her children. So you know I always have tools of wonderfulness. So tell me, what are they demonstrating to them about what to expect? What are you demonstrating to her about what to expect from a man? That as long as everything looks good. Looks good. Anything else that happens is okay. And I'm demonstrating to him that as long as you take care of the things that look good. The surface stuff. The surface stuff. Everything else is okay. Is that what you want them to, no. to know? That is not what I want them to know. On a scale of one to 10, where one is the lowest and 10 is the highest, how much pain has he caused you? 10. On a scale of one to 10, how much pain has he caused him? Just let it up, let it up, let it up. 
Otir. Tell me why you cry now. Because he's old enough to know what's going on and know what we don't say. And then he's so introspective. He sees. He sees everything. How long has it been since you had a really, really good, good cry? <laughs> I had one last night. Okay. <laughs> a tell really me, ugly good cry. <laughs> tell me what you cried about. I cried because I don't want to be labeled an abuse victim. What is the distinction you can make between being a victim of abuse and having experienced abuse in my marriage? The distinction is, is that I no longer allow it mm -hmm. and grow from it. Nobody can navigate or negate your internal experience but you. People can have all kinds of assessments and opinions yes. about what they see. Yes. But nobody can talk you out of your experience. Why did you call me here? To make me see my truth. And to help you see things clearly. Are we doing that? 100%. That you dishonored yourself for a hat and a parking space. And a parking space. Powerful awareness. And you get to choose. Huh? You get to choose. When a pastor falls, it's a hard landing. It's time to prepare Pastor Dennis for whatever path his wife chooses. I want to go here first. When you look at this picture, when you, who are these two people? Who are they? <laughs> two bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, two idealistic uh, young adults who had their future and their destinies in their hands. Was this man? ever a real husband? No. No. You know that now? Yeah. Didn't know it then. What do you know now? I know now <clears throat> that um, that I was abused. So I abused. Psychologically, mentally, and emotionally. Yes. Doesn't abdicate your responsibility, but I want to give you a better understanding than that you're just a rotten sex hound sleeping all over town. What's going on? Tell me what's going on. Yeah, something just shifted. What happened? Pastor Dennis, what are you afraid is going to happen? That I'm going to lose my wife forever. Um, <laughs> that my family <laughs> and my family is going to be dismantled by my own hands. How can you be a husband right now with your real valid pain? How can you be a father right now asking your children to lie, demonstrating to them all sorts of bad behavior? <laughs> 
is who you are as Patrick enough to sustain you? That would be a no. So it means then, Patrick, that you're feeding off of other people. You're feeding off of their life and what they bring to you. And until you know, beloved, that who you are just as you are is enough to sustain you, you can't serve God or anybody else. You're fighting to hold on to your wife when what's the truth here? I have a broken relationship with God. What if this is the fire that's purifying you for a new kind of ministry? What if? Let me ask you this. What is the one thing you don't want to do? Let go of my wife. Do that. Do that. I've spent two days with Pastor Dennis and his wife, Natasha. I've asked them to come clean, tell the truth. I'm scared. Okay, now we're getting to the truth. And do their work. What are you afraid is going to happen? My family's going to be dismantled by my own hands. Now it's time for them to tell each other what's on their hearts. So I have somebody I want you to meet. Okay, she tried to keep it together. Patrick Dennis, this is Natasha, your wife. But not just your wife. This is a flesh and blood woman with a heart. Can he touch you for a minute? Yes. Yeah, I know it might have been a while, but... <laughs> She's got a heart. Have you ever fully given him your heart? No. And when you think about her, not just as your wife, but as a flesh and blood woman with a heart, what would you like to say to her? I'll never betray your trust again. hurt you. I've lied to you. I've cheated on you. But I did that, and I did that without fully knowing all that I was doing to hurt you, to hurt me, to hurt my children, to hurt my ministry, and to hurt all that I stand for. And I'm sorry. Natasha, this is Patrick, Patrick Dennis, your husband. This is a man. Yes. A man with a wounded heart. A man that you've never fully given your heart to. 
What do you want to say to him? Don't have to be nice. I forgive you. And, and I hear you. And I will support you as um, we both work to heal. Oh, goody. Let's go. <laughs> when was the last time y'all took a little stroll in the nature together? Oh, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And now you got having a stroll with another woman. <laughs> I don't want your husband. I just want you to know that. You yes, got that? Okay. Yes, I just want us to be clear, sister woman. Yes, ma'am. All right. I don't want him. <laughs> I'm taking you all right now to what I believe is a very, very sacred space. I've set up a truth table in the middle of this beautiful garden where Natasha will reveal to Pastor Dennis what she's decided about the future of their marriage. So the question becomes, what do you want him to know? What is it that you want your husband to know? As far as? Whatever. Tell him what you need him to know. Tell him what you need and ask for what you want. I love you, but you broke my heart. And I am, I'm just exhausted. And I, um, I need to be by myself. I, I need, I need this to end. I need. You want a divorce? I want to be released from the marriage. I want to be let go. I want to be released. Okay, so how does it feel to have spoken that out loud to him? I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. How does that make you feel? It's hard to hear. Because it's not what I want. What are you really letting go of? Why would a woman as beautiful as she is, as sweet. She's a sweet, sweet spirit, as sweet as she is. Want to be with a man who's been with 20 other women, a man who supported her in diminishing and dismissing and denying her self-worth, her self-value. Why would she want to be with a man like that? that? And that's really not about beating you up. Pastor Dennis, it's about cold water in your face. I think you want to stay because it's familiar and it's safe. Would that be accurate? What, for, what about for you? Yeah. It's familiar and it's safe. It's familiar. It's better the crazy you know than the crazy you, you don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Take your wife's hand. Don't be mad at her. Uh, and here's what I, I know to be true, that nobody prepares us for our most difficult task. I mean, what's the scripture that says, leave your wife with joy? What's the scripture that says, go find your value and your worth and your I mean, some of this we're doing, you know, OJT on the job training. But this is what I know to be true. All things are lessons that God would have us learn. And the best students 
get the hardest tests. So I've been in your marriage now for two days, or your relationship. I told you I was coming to interrupt the story, the pattern and the process, and to reveal the truth. My work here is done. All of us need healing of some kind, and all of us have a responsibility to do the work and hold ourselves accountable to someone for the consequences of our behavior. Wounds simply say, there's more work to be done. Do your work. In the meantime, stay in peace, not pieces.